Welcome to episode two of the Hypnotoad podcast on the Heartland College Sports Network. Andrew Zimmel in the studio with you once again, recording this podcast right after the college football playoffs are announced. The final rankings will be coming up very soon, but in week 13, we have the new rankings. So we're going to hit those. We will hit the win against Baylor. And of course, we got to talk about what we can expect in the season finale or the regular season finale for TCU. Before we get into any of that, though, it is the Thanksgiving version of the podcast. So I wanted to give thanks to you, the listeners, my co-host during this journey, because we got episode one done and we got a lot of very good feedback. So I want to thank you guys for making that so successful. I want to thank all the listeners on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network for making all these podcasts as successful as they are. And I cannot wait to keep putting these out for you guys. And the only way we can keep putting them out is for you guys to continue to like, share, and subscribe everywhere that you guys get podcasts. So let's get into it as we start this podcast with a little bit of Thanksgiving turkey, a little bit of pumpkin pie on the horizon. This was expected. The College Football Playoff Committee did not move any of the top four teams, so let's talk about those top four teams. At number one, Georgia. Defending national champions makes sense. They've looked good all year long. Number two, Ohio State. Three, Michigan. Four, TCU. And then the outside looking in, LSU moved up one spot, and USC moved up a spot as well at five and six. So, I want to talk about the college football playoffs and why TCU at number four makes all the sense in the world and why I think that they're going to be moving up very quickly, very soon. Ohio State and Michigan, they play each other in what many would call the game this weekend. And two versus three means one of these teams is dropping out of the top five. And that team, in my opinion, is probably going to be Michigan. We don't need to get into it. Ohio State now has to go to the Big Ten Championship and play Iowa, which I think anybody in their right mind would say, you're taking Michigan or Ohio State over Iowa by two touchdowns. Those are the two best teams in the Big Ten by a landslide. Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten. Now, the SEC is a completely different story. LSU is trying to punch their ticket with a win against AM. They would punch their ticket to play in the SEC Championship game out of the West. Georgia has already punched their ticket out of the East, so those two teams will be playing each other in the SEC Championship game. I like LSU's chances, and if that happens, chaos ensues. Because if you look at it, if TCU can finish this season unscathed, win the regular season game against Iowa State, that'll make them 12-0. Win the Big 12 Championship, that'd make them 13-0, the most successful season since Andy Dold was under center. If they can get that done, they have a chance to move up to as high as two. Now, all of that being said, I think that most likely it'll be Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, and USC as the top four teams. USC plays Notre Dame this next weekend, the number 15 team in the country. Then they'll play the Pac-12 championship where literally anything can happen, but I think USC is going to get it done. I love that because that would mean four of the five teams – Four of the five Power Five conferences are represented in the college football playoffs, and then the conference championship model works, which would mean that the Big 12, deciding to have this stupid conference championship, would finally make sense. If you remember a couple years ago, Baylor and TCU had split the uh, championship because it's a round-robin conference because we're the only conference in America, it seems like, that actually makes sense when we play everybody. You don't need a championship game if you play everybody. TCU wouldn't need a championship game. They should already be the champion by de facto, but that's not the case. 
Because of the conference championship model, now TCU wins a conference championship and can move up in the rankings. And I think that that matters, and that is the only, only, only reason I'm giving any justification for this model. If this can get done, if all four of the five conferences can get represented, I think this is the most successful college football playoffs to date. There's no Alabama getting grandfathered in. There's no weird Clemson loses the ACC, but they get in anyway. None of that shenanigans. I'm all here for it. Now, in a couple years when we have the 12-team playoff and we can get a little bit of home field advantage, then all of this matters a little bit more. But currently, all you need to do is win and get in if you're TCU. As well as TCU fans travel, as great of an environment that they can bring to any stadium in the country, I'm not sold, I'm just not, that it matters all that much at these neutral sites. If TCU's playing in Dallas, New Orleans, Atlanta, no matter where they play, they're going to have a good showing. I don't think that the fan base on either side of any type of team makes enough of a difference to give you home field advantage. I think back to LSU when they beat Oklahoma in that opening round a couple years ago with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. There was a ton of Oklahoma fans. They were silent because LSU was just putting up a show. And I think that that could happen for TCU. I don't think TCU is nearly as dominant as that 2019 USC team or LSU team is because that's one of the best teams of college football history. I think this TCU team has a chance, though, to be the best TCU team of all time. Remember, the last time that they even had a record this good, they won the Rose Bowl. So I, I like their chances. My final four prediction right now, Georgia, TCU, Ohio State, USC. That would be my prediction. Let's move on. Let's talk about... One of the most unlikely wins this play or this uh, past week, as every team in the top ten struggled, as Tennessee ended up getting their butts whooped by the Gamecocks at uh, uh, South Carolina, and that's why they moved down from what they were at five. Now they're at ten, completely out of the college football playoff chances. They have no shot of making it back in. Everybody seemed to struggle this past weekend, either because they have their eye on the prize of trying to win the conference championship game. I think. Part that could partly be because of TCU. I think partly it was because everybody seemed to have the flu with Johnson being out, with Miller struggling with flu-like symptoms. And this entire team kind of beat up at this point in the season. You haven't had a lot of weeks off. There's no team in the Big 12 that you can kind of take your foot off the gas for. Because of all of that, I think that that's kind of why TCU looked the way that they did on Saturday. And finally, it's because nothing good ever has come out of Waco, Texas. That's my hot take. Waco, Texas, you go there and play, something crazy always seems to happen. Something crazy always seems to happen in Waco. Something always crazy seems to happen in Lubbock. Those two spots are essentially where Big 12 teams go to die, and the fact that TCU came out of that game with a win says a lot about the Horned Toads. So, we can go through a lot of podcasts that you listen to, would go through and go play-by-play, break it down for you, talk about, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, A, because I think it's not that entertaining, and B, because I think that you all watch the game. I think the listeners of this podcast stay glued enough to the TV, spend enough time watching TCU football to know who scored what touchdown, who did what in what quarter. I spent a lot of time this past weekend as my NFL team got whacked. 
I spent a lot of time rewatching that game. A lot of time watching the highlights. A lot of time focusing on some things. And I don't think that there's a lot that you can take away from that Baylor game and really say, okay, this is a fulcrum point. There was no play in this game, in my opinion. There was no time in this game where I can point at and say, okay, I know this player is changing into this type of player, or I know this team is changing into that type of team. I don't think that that's the case. The only thing I can say is that the resiliency of this team, the resiliency of TCU, winning games like this matters. And the College Football Playoff Committee said it in this broad, or the broadcast tonight. As we Again, we're recording this right after they got done with it. The playoff committee essentially said with TCU, earlier in the season, they were not impressed by TCU having to come back and beat teams like Kansas State. They were not impressed by TCU having to fight back. This time, though, the way that they won with a walk-off field goal, which nobody has seen, I don't think ever, I don't think I've ever seen the type of situation TCU was in where you have to, no timeouts, get the ball down the field, set up the kick team, and then make a field goal. And not only was it a chip shot, it was a 20-yarder, it was a 40-yarder, which we'll get to here in a minute. The way that they won that game impressed the College Football Playoff Committee so much that I think that they were able to forgive or forget some of those other wins that TCU had to have to come back from. The Hypnotoad of the Week. This is a segment that we are doing every single week. I bookmark it every single time. This is why I watch the game two or three times through and watch some of the highlights over and over again. Because I try to pick a player. And I don't think we're going to do this every single week when it comes to who the Hypnotoad of the Week is. This week, though, it was out of doubt with Griffin Kelly. Griffin Kelly hit a 40-yard field goal in walk-off fashion. And it's November, and the World Series wrapped up earlier this month. But the only comparison I have to it, without saying you know the reverent Adam Vinatieri, who was able to make win plenty of Super Bowls on his foot, win plenty of playoff games on his foot. The only comparison I have in sports to what Kel did was Reggie Jackson in the World Series, is Derek Jeter in the World Series, is Adam Freeze in the World Series. It's like a World Series hitter who shows up and shows out, performs on the highest stage. When TCU needed the points, how many times have you seen a kicker, not only a college kicker, but kickers in general across sports, right? You can talk, shoot, World Cup's happening. We can rope soccer into this. When you need a penalty kick, when you need a field goal, how many times you've been sitting on your couch, how many times you've been sitting in the bar knowing that we need these points, we need this kid to connect on this kick, and he doesn't get it done. Countless times. Countless times, 18 to 22-year-olds in college football miss chip shots. Countless times, kickers in the NFL miss field goals where you need it. You need those points. The fact that he was able to not only come on the field, not only get the kickoff, not only put it through the uprights, but do all of that with no timeouts. Do all of that while you're sitting on the sideline knowing that it's up to you. That, yeah, you know, Duggan's able to get the guys down there. And, yeah, the TCU defense did a good job of keeping us in this game. But to kick the field goal and connect, that is why he's the hypnotoad of the week. Let's talk about some good and bad of that 29-28 win. The good. Brad Clark's interception in the end zone to end the half against Baylor. 
If you would have told me that that would be the guy who steps up to make that catch, I would have called you crazy. TCU's defense in the front four, I'm impressed by. I'm impressed by the box. I like the defensive linemen. I like the linebackers. The secondary has always been suspect to me in the Big 12. It's always been suspect to me, especially with teams that are competing for championships in the Big 12. I think back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's defense year in and year out, has been awful, right? When, when you think about the Lincoln-Riley teams that were going to the playoffs every single year, that were whooping up on everybody, that could put up 60 points but win games 60-55 to because the defense wasn't there. I don't think TCU's defense is that bad. I don't think that it's a wet paper towel trying to soap up an entire like broken sink. That is not what this defense is. But to end a half with interception, to go into halftime with that momentum... Clark almost won, or Clark's almost won the uh, Hypnotoad of the Week just because of that interception. The bad, TCU could not establish a run against Baylor. Now, I don't think that that's going to be a problem going forward against Iowa State, and I don't think that's going to be a problem against Kansas State in two weeks, potentially. If Kansas State gets the job done against Kansas, they will be playing in the Big 12 Championship. If they don't get the job done and Texas beats Baylor, then it'll be a rematch of that 17-10 game we had two weeks ago where TCU and Texas play. That game, in my opinion, is a lot more interesting than Kansas State for obvious reasons. That Texas game was one of the best defensive games in the Big 12 this year. If those two teams focus up again and we have a another rematch game against Gary Patterson's defense as a TCU fan, I personally really enjoyed watching Sonny Dyke's offense beat a Gary Patterson defense. That's something that, you know, as a kid, I was always thinking to myself, like, okay, could this defense beat this offense? Could this offense beat this defense? That was very great. It was a great game to me. We talked about it two weeks ago. I like that game. I would much rather see Texas in the Big 12 championship game and make all those Longhorn fans cry than play Kansas again. That's just me. But the fact that they couldn't establish the run. Miller had 10 carries for 41 yards. The offensive line just could not get a push. It just never felt like the offense could really get running. Had 115 yards on the ground, over 300 yards in the air. That is something that you can't do in the playoffs. That's something that's not going to fly against Georgia. It's not going to fly against Iowa, or, uh, Ohio State. Iowa State, however, I think it will fly. And that's where we are going to kind of wrap this podcast up because we like to keep these podcasts short. We like to give you kind of a nugget, a couple things here, a couple things there, keep things entertaining. But most importantly, keep keep having fun. Now, Iowa State is 4-7 and seven this year and 1-7 and seven in the Big 12. They are the worst team in the Big 12 this year, something that if you told me two years ago with Matt Campbell getting all of those coaching offers, not only in college football, but also I think he got some NFL offers. If you would have told me that his team would go from competing for a Big 12 championship to being the worst team, now I don't pay enough attention to Iowa State to tell you if it was injuries or what, but 1-7 and seven to end the season, this is a trap game for TCU. It's the final home game of the season. It's the final time that TCU fans are going to get to be in attendance. If you are in Fort Worth, if you have a chance to go to the, see this game in person, I know that it's Thanksgiving weekend. I know that there are other games on. Say you're just a college football fan in general, and you're trying to catch the Iron Bowl, or you're trying to catch LSU and AM, or you're trying to catch Ohio State and Michigan, right, as a TCU fan trying to see who potentially – could be moving up, could be moving out of the like top four, top five. Please go to see this game in person. Please go to see this game in person. 
because this is a game that could totally be a trap game if you're not careful. If TCU isn't careful in this one, this could be a trap game that you lose on your home home field, and none of this matters. Because like I mentioned, if TCU wins the Big 12 but has a single loss, I don't think that they get in. I think that they're going to put LSU in. I think they're going to put USC in. I think they might even put Alabama in. There's a lot of teams that they might put up over TCU with one loss, even if they are the Big 12 champions. Iowa State, the Cyclones, they've only scored 30 points once this season, and that 30-point game was in a win against West Virginia. TCU has only allowed 30 points scored on them twice in conference play. So if I was a betting man, I would say that TCU not only holds Iowa State under 30 points, I think that this should be, everything plays out the way that I'm expecting. It should be at least a 30-7, 24-7 type of game in favor of the Horned Toads. And then, of course, they would go on and play in the Big 12 Championship. So let's talk about that. If the Big 12 Championship happened today, it would be TCU and Kansas State. If you remember that game from a month ago, it was a 38-28 win in October. In that game, it was the best game for Matt Duggins, who had three touchdowns and over 300 yards, 380 yards. Also in that game, the running game wasn't exactly what you would want from uh, my memory. It's not exactly what you would want. I would expect Kansas State to get the job done against Kansas. Kansas came out really hot this year. They have very much plateaued. I would say even regressed a little bit from the beginning of the season. If Kansas State gets the job done and we play this game again in Jerry World, it is going to be the similar story. We'll talk about it next week, hopefully, what we can expect from Kansas State. But until then, for the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network, this is Episode 2 of the Hypno Toads Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening, and please be have a safe, have a thankful Thanksgiving, no matter where you're listening to this. If you're listening to this from the future, God bless you. Hopefully you had a good one. If you're listening to this as this podcast come out came out, please, please, please be thankful for TCU football. Be thankful for this team, for giving us something to listen to, something to talk about, something to be excited about, because this is the most exciting team that TCU has put on the field in almost a decade. I hope this team wins. They're going to win. There's no hope anymore. They're going to win the Big 12. They're going to win a playoff game. They will be playing in the national championship. You can bookmark it. I'll talk to you guys next week.